0: Interesting one for you today that I'm sure you'll like. It's the topic of coaching energy, the energy of coaching. The first time I really became aware of this concept was through my wonderful friend and great mentor, swimming coach, Bill Sweetnam. Long, long time ago, Bill told this story about energy and the flow of energy in a swim team. And I've never forgotten it. And recently I've started to think again about concepts like coaching burnout and how energy flows through a training program, how it works between athletes and coaches. And I decided to revisit it. So the Bill story goes like this, as Bill said, have you ever noticed as a coach that first thing in the morning you're excited. You've designed a workout that you know will make a difference. And you might've got the training an hour early and you're sitting there having your coffee and thinking about how you're going to deliver it, how you're going to work with the athletes. And you're excited and you're starting to get more and more fired up as the athletes start to come in. You say good morning to the athletes and you're talking to the athletes about the session and maybe how they slept and how they're going. And at that time in the morning, sport like swimming or gymnastics or rowing or diving or so many other sports that have early workouts, the best you get from athletes is grumble. Oh, I don't want to be here. And Bill says, oh, you go over and say, come on, this is going to be great. We're going to do a great session and can't wait to see you in the water and you crack some jokes and you're giving and giving and giving everything you've got to try and get the team a little bit excited to get them motivated, to inspire them. So they get in the water and they grumble about how cold it is or how uncomfortable they are or how they'd prefer to be somewhere else and how they wish they were doing something other than swimming. And you're giving and you're giving more and you're walking up and down the side and you're trying to get them excited. You're trying to get them to focus. You're giving them feedback. And slowly, very, very slowly, they start to wake up. And maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the session, they start to ask questions. You can see they're beginning to be engaged. And 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour into the workout, they start to show some real enthusiasm and passion. And you're still there giving times, giving feedback, working with technique. You're still giving all of yourself to the session. And all the session is just flowing and running and things are going beautifully. And at the end of the session, the swimmers get out. And they're fired up and they're excited and they've loved every minute. Thanks, coach. It's great, coach. seated tonight, coach. And the poor old coach is sitting at the end of the pool with their head in their hands, desperate for a coffee and somewhere to lay down quietly and completely drained of energy because the nature of coaches and the nature of coaching is so giving. Coaches give all they can mentally, emotionally, technically, tactically, spiritually. They're giving so much of themselves to help their athletes. Why? Because they love their athletes, because they care about them, because they want to see them realize their potential. They want them to be all that they can be. And coaches give and give and give. And it's not uncommon for coaches at the end of training sessions, at the end of a week, and certainly At the end of a season, to feel completely drained, that their bucket of energy, if you like, is completely emptied and they've got nothing else to give. And they've got to have a long break. They've got to have their whole weekends just sitting down and doing nothing because they've given everything they can to their athletes. And you know, in some ways, that's a really wonderful way to live your life is giving and serving and helping other human beings. And there's a lot of very, 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 happy people in the world who do spend their life trying to do nothing more than create opportunities and positive environments for other people to be all they can be. And it's a wonderful way to live your life. However, for so many coaches who call me and talk to me and contact me and say, Wayne, I just can't keep doing it. And they use expressions like, I'm burnt out. I've had enough. I need a break. And recently, I've been thinking about this a lot more. What does burnt out actually mean? What does coaching fatigue look like? Why is it that so many coaches have to walk away from sport because they've given so much of themselves that maybe their personal health has started to suffer? Maybe their relationships have started to suffer. And one of the things we talk about a lot in coaching is that of coaching widows and coaching widow. And that doesn't mean that your partner's. Have become deceased. It just means they never see you. And when they do see you, all you're thinking about is the session you've just done or the session you're about to do. And that's a very, very common thing that happens with coaches in all sports. On thinking and reflecting about this a lot, I believe there's some solutions On how you can not just sustain your energy, but how you can finish your coaching sessions feeling alive. That you feel that you're getting energy from sessions and from workouts and from working with athletes and not just having the energy flow one way from you to your athletes. Part of it is moving towards coaching by engagement. So much of that is building quality relationships with athletes so that you connect, you engage, and then you can inspire them. So much of that is also based around taking time to get to know and understand your athletes, to understand what it is that motivates them. What is it that excites them? Why have they come to you for help, for advice, for guidance and to change? To understand them as people, to understand them as human beings, to understand what excites them, that what is it they do, not just in swimming or rugby or cricket or tennis, but what is it that they like to do in their lives generally, to spend time getting to know them, to getting to know every individual in your team environment. So why would I say that's important and why that's critical? in the flow of energy in the workout. For the majority of coaches that I see around the world, and some sports are way more notorious at doing this than others, the majority of coaches that I see around the world coach by telling and yelling. They coach by volume, which means if they yell more, if they speak more, if they're giving more information, if they're handing out more knowledge, if they're talking and talking and talking, they feel that giving that energy is what coaching is all about. Coaching is the art of inspiring change through emotional connection. It's about building relationships. It's about connecting and engaging and inspiring the hearts and minds of athletes. There's nothing in the book that says coaching is about standing there and giving everything you've got so you're completely drained. That's not coaching. But in many ways, coaches, it seems easy to do it that way because the other way Coaching with engagement, coaching through relationship, coaching through building quality relationships with other human beings is a lot harder and takes a lot more time and effort. So we quite often just go to the telling and yelling, I say you do model, because it's easier, even though we don't realize how much of an impact and how much of an effect it has on our energy level. Now, I want to give you a couple of examples to consider here. Imagine I'm working with a young tennis player. Now, if I try the traditional one-way energy flow and the new tennis player is trying a skill, the young tennis player is trying a skill and they can't quite get it right, the traditional one-way energy flow, the traditional way of doing things is to say, that's not right, do it again. Your hand should be here, do it again. Your hips are in the wrong position. And by doing that, I have to come up with solutions, I have to solve problems, I have to make decisions, I have to use my time, my effort, my energy, one way to try and help the athlete. The athlete can, of course, choose not to even acknowledge or listen to what I'm giving them. They can choose to completely disregard the energy that I'm allowing to flow from me to them. Now, turn that upside down. If I said to the athlete, hey, interesting way or good way of doing that new skill, how do you think it went? The athlete has to engage a little bit because that's what questioning does. It gets their brain starting to ignite, starting to fire the problem-solving part of their mind, and they have to respond. So there's a little bit coming back. And then you can accelerate that by asking maybe some more intelligent and more directional questions. So you might say, how did that feel? I noticed that when you put your head in that position or your hips in that position to the athlete, that this happened. How did that go for you, athlete? Is there a way do you think we can improve this? Is there another way of doing this that maybe is a little bit faster or stronger? So by engaging with the athlete, by empowering the athlete to have a more active role in their own coaching. The energy begins to flow both ways, and instead of it being you standing there and getting frustrated at the lack of progress or the fact that the athlete's not listening, by asking questions with an athlete that you know, where you've built a relationship, an athlete that you understand, by having a strong, positive, effective relationship with that athlete, the energy starts to flow both ways. I often think it's a little bit like a boulder. Imagine we've got a boulder that's in the middle of our path. I can push and push and push. I can use tools. I can try and do a whole range of things to make that move. But the simplest thing I can do is ask somebody else to come along where I'm using my energy, they're contributing their energy, and we can move the boulder. And of course, the more people we have involved, the more energy that's flowing towards solving that particular problem or helping us come up with a way of moving, getting around, dealing with that situation. The more energy that's flowing, the easier and more likely it is that we come up with a solution. Now, think about that in your coaching context in a rugby team where you might have 20 athletes in your squad, 15 players plus reserves. You might have 20 or even more in your team. And you are the only person pushing and driving that rugby boulder, if you like. Sooner or later, no matter how much you love the game, no matter how good you are at coaching, no matter how much you want to help the athletes, no matter how great your own physical health, your own energy levels are, sooner or later, your energy will start to diminish. It will start to battle, will start to struggle And you'll be looking for other ways of getting energy into the program. What about instead of you just being the single source of energy flow, the single source of energy in that partnership, in that team, is that you become more focused on ways of exciting the athletes, inspiring the athletes, engaging the athletes, asking them questions, you know, I saw a rugby coach working recently and and who really got this. And like every coach, he spent a lot of time coming up with the drills and skills that they were going to do in the workout. And we talked about what they were going to do and what the objectives were and what the aims were. And it was a pretty good session. But my first glance was, my opinion was that it was very simple. There wasn't a lot in it. There wasn't a lot of detail. There was a structure there was some overview of, of what he was trying to achieve. There were some objectives from the session. And very cleverly, there was a list of things that he'd written down that would let him know if the session had been successful. That's a very, 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 very interesting way of doing it and an outstanding coach to come up with that solution. So he introduced the new drill. And these players were 15 years of age. So he introduced a new drill, a new learning experience for them. And they tried it for two or three minutes and they had it reasonably well. They were getting close. They weren't perfect, but I think technical perfection is a myth at the best of times. But they were very, very close to where he needed them to be. He then stopped. Now, in the one-way flow of energy coaching model, he would say, guys, it's 90% right. We'll do it another 10 times and we'll get it completely right. All right. And do it again by repetition. But what he did... What he did, and I believe it's a, a wonderful model for coaches in all sports, is he said to the group, how do you think that's going? And two or three of the players said, well, it's going okay, coach. We think we're pretty close. What do you think, coach? So, said, well, I think we could change this and do this. Guys, have you got any suggestions, any ideas? How could we make this a little bit maybe faster? How could we speed up this execution? And one of the players put his hand up and said, coach, what about if we decrease the distance that we're going for this drill? Coach said, that's a great idea. Why don't we try that? That seems like a very basic and a very simple way of communicating with athletes, but think about what the coach has done. Instead of deliberating for hours and hours on how he can give more energy, more information and more detail, he's got a general framework, a model for what he wants to do with some objectives at the end that will tell him whether or not his training had been successful. That's so important and that he's given instruction he's given that energy it's gone from him to the athletes initially knowing that he can't sustain that and that he needs a greater flow of energy from that group to make this a more effective training session he's then said how do i engage these guys how do i get them to be to ignite how do i get them to share How do I get them to contribute more of their energy, more of their thinking, more of their interest to what we're doing? Well, I'm going to ask them and I'm going to listen to the answers and I'm going to give them the environment and the opportunity to put their solutions into practice. You know, coaches, because a lot of coaches will go, they'll ask an athlete a question and then they'll shoot them down and say, Well, that's not what I think. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. You do what I say. But what this coach did, which was very clever, which was to say to the athletes, what do you think? What do you feel? What do you believe? Have you got some solutions? They have to solve problems. Their brains are engaged. They come up with it and he says, let's try, let's do, and let's see what we come up with. And I watched them for the next 30 minutes work as partners. They work together as a team, athlete and coach, working together to get better. And it was a wonderful session. At the end of the session, We brought the athletes in, we did a little bit of a talk, we had a little bit of fun, a little bit of a game, and they went. And I said to the coach, Hey, that was pretty good. How do you feel? He said, I feel great. That was a fantastic session. And, colleagues, that is so wonderful that a coach at the end of a session with a large group of teenage boys, and let's face it, they can be challenging sometimes, but with a large group of teenage boys, finished a training session looked fresh, looked engaged, looked happy, looked full of energy and ready to go on with other elements of his life. Maybe go home to his partner, sit down, have dinner together, maybe spend time with his own children, maybe and take care of his own physical and mental health, listen to music. But he had energy in abundance at the end of the workout because he hadn't been in a position where the only option he had was to give energy out, was have the energy flowing in one direction. He created an environment where people would share their energy and share their passion for improvement and work together as a team, as partners. Now, coaches, some of you are thinking, oh, this energy thing sounds a little bit left field. It sounds a little bit strange, but not really. If you stop for a moment, And think about your own coaching. Do you love coaching? If you're listening to this, absolutely. Are you interested in getting better? Of course. But are there times when you feel frustrated? Are there times when you feel fatigued? Are there times when you just go, I don't know how I'm going to do this again? Are there times when you feel completely burned out and devoid of energy? I've heard so many times from the partners of coaches a phrase like, when he comes home he's got nothing left for us or when she comes home all she wants to do is sleep and rest this concept of coaching energy will not only change the way you coach but will have a positive impact on a lot of other areas of your life as much as we love coaching and even if you're a paid professional coach coaching is not the only thing you do we all have friends we'll have family we all have health and fitness and well-being. We have so many other elements of our life. And I believe that the reason why so many coaches walk away from coaching, the reason that so many feel de-energized and burnt out is that they're trying to do it all by themselves or just as badly is as they're asking their partner, their mates, their family to say, look, I've drained my energy. I have nothing left. You Can you boost me up? Can you give me some of your energy? And of course, that's got a very, very limited lifespan as well. You can't expect people who love you and care for you to constantly pick you up because you've got nothing left because you've given it all to your athletes. So let's look at that again. Coaching energy. Think about the Bill sweetenham story. Does that look anything like you? Are you a coach who loves coaching so much that you're prepared to put your own physical health, your well being, your mental health at risk? Because what you want more than anything is to give everything you've got to the athletes that you work with. And that's a very, very normal coaching passion that coaches want to give all they've got. But if you're coaching from a one way energy flow, if you're coaching where it's only giving, yeah, you know, coaches will, will say, yeah, well, I get something from the athletes and I love to see them succeed and it's great to have them around. But if you're coaching from the perspective where you're only allowing energy to flow one way, it's going to be difficult for you to sustain that environment in the long term. You know, we lose far too many coaches who just can't keep coming back. And I think this is at the very heart of it. If you feel at the end of the session that you need to lie down and sleep, sure, you might have given everything you've got and you feel that's important, but coaches, it's not sustainable. At the end of the week, if you go home on Friday night, have a couple of drinks and then basically sleep for two days, can't do anything with friends, family, can't do anything with a partner, well, sooner or later, that's going to take a great toll. And at the end of the season, if all you're looking forward to is three months with nothing to do to have a complete break, it's maybe saying that you need to look at the way you're giving yourself and giving your energy to your coaching a little differently. Why don't you try at your next session, try the intelligent questioning, the forensic questioning mode. Look at your athletes not as people that you have to lift and pick up and motivate, but as friends, as partners, as colleagues, as people working together to achieve the same objective. If you ran a business, If you were running an organisation and you had a clear objective for the business, how would you achieve it? Well, you'd create an environment where everybody is giving the best that they can, where everybody's sharing ideas, where everybody feels comfortable taking risks and being all they can be in that environment, and the collective expertise and energy and background of all those people would help the organisation achieve its objectives. And your training sessions, your coaching programme is exactly the same. And think about how, at the cornerstone of what you do, how can you better connect, engage and inspire the hearts and minds and athletes so that they willingly and gladly give their energy, contribute more to what is ultimately their own program. It's their session. It's their week. It's their season. It's their goals. It's their objectives. Understand what they do. Understand what motivates them. And give them that moment, give them the opportunity to express themselves, to contribute, and allow the energy to start to flow both ways so that the collective energy of your program becomes unstoppable, very powerful, and very effective. This is Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.